He'll help you fantasy focus while he scoops the news. He's on TV more often than he's in bed. He'll break down the NFL without a single hair ever out of place. It's Field Yates of ESPN. Now in the zone with Jason Anderson on Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Fun show so far. Shocking. Uh, Chiefs, four out of five Super Bowls. They head back to the Super Bowl, heading to Las Vegas, where the Chiefs will play a postseason game in the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas before the Raiders will. Um, and the Chiefs are the home team in the, uh, in the Super Bowl, so they will have the full Raiders facility. Uh, there, the Chiefs will be making themselves at home in the living room of the Raiders while they are in Cancun va- vacationing. Chiefs are Airbnb-ing the uh, Raiders uh, stadium. Field Yates from ESPN joins us, our NFL insider. Field, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Jason, I hadn't thought of that, and I got to tell you, I'm going to send every group throughout Atlanta that involves football fans that nugget right there. <laughs> it's un- ter- I mean, unbelievable. 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 Yeah, one yeah. of the one of the end zones will say Chiefs. There, it won't say uh, it won't say Raiders. Hopefully, the chefs. turf. We got to make sure we. That's get right. Out. Great googly mowgly. Uh, it has to say chefs. Um, well done yeah. on on you that uh, last Monday you picked the Chiefs to win. Said uh, you will not pick yeah. against Patrick Mahomes. I picked the Ravens to win, uh, which has gone over well with really everybody. Um, <laughs> Benedict Arnold. That's right. Yes, uh, that is uh, that is correct, man. Better to um, be lucky than good sometimes. Yes, I picked uh, the Ravens to win twenty six twenty four with a fifty one percent confidence rate in that. Um, but um, I love the way the Chiefs well, I play. The Chiefs win close. Uh, yeah, I mean, so so what did you what did you take away from that game? Because I think the Ravens are a really really good team, and I'm not going to watch that game sure. and go, oh, the Ravens are overrated. I think it says more about what the Chiefs did, how they played, the game plan they had on both sides of the football. What did you see in that game, and what's your takeaway from the AFC Championship? Yeah, my word of the day is appreciation, Jason, and here's the reason why. I think about what took place yesterday, and I think about the team that I watched during the NFL regular season, and they're two different teams. And it's a reminder that this Chiefs team maybe isn't perfect, and maybe offensively, over the course of, or now what, 20 games into it, with one more to play, is not as potent as some of the other teams in the NFL. But the thing that makes football so different and so unique is that it's not how you are on average. It's how you are in your one-game series that is played in four, well, I guess four out of five Sundays uh, during the months of January and February. And this Chiefs team digs deeper and is more prepared and more ready and more resilient and more capable in the moment than any other team in the NFL right now. You know, I grew up in New England, and I think I probably lost track of this uh, watching the Patriots do what the Chiefs have done, and that even if the team wasn't as good on paper, even if the team had struggled coming into the playoffs, as long as they get in the dance, they're going to have a chance and when the trust factor is the one that decides who's going to win, there's nobody that I trust more than the Kansas City Chiefs. And i got to tell you, Jason, the biggest mistake that either of those two teams over the past couple of weeks could have made was showing any level of disrespect towards Kansas City. People can say that this is you know, just sort of phony media jargon. And I know that the game was not won or lost an hour and a half before kickoff yesterday. And I know that he wasn't trying to be a jerk. But when Justin Tucker started messing with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes before the game, even if anybody watching thought that was a totally reasonable thing to do, I think Patrick and Travis took that as motivation to go out there and wreck shop, and they did exactly that. 11 catches and 11 targets for Pat, for Travis. And I think it was Patrick 11 for 11 to yep. start the game before his first miss. I mean, yep. you can't give these guys a mental edge. You just can't because they are better than you when it matters the most. And I thought the Ravens gave the Chiefs way too much of a mental edge. And the Chiefs played far more urgently early in the game. And that was the difference. Yeah, I talked about that Justin Tucker uh, thing before the game, and uh, there's been some pushback, not much, but some pushback of, well, you really think they needed extra motivation? And my response is, did did you watch the Jordan documentary? Um, no, they don't need extra exactly. motivation in the AFC Championship game, but yeah. greatness takes any slight, any slight, and uses it. It's 
amazing that people don't see that more often because, like, again, t- to your point, like the Michael Jordan example is probably the best, most salient example. But I've been sitting here listening to these 49ers fans talk and today about, or, and players, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, they, they thrive off of this game manager stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, Jason, most of the people, I know Cam Newton has had his comments, right? But like most of the people talking about Brock Purdy as a game manager are Twitter eggs, right? Like, does that really matter? Like, does that really matter? Do they, do they really care? And so for the Chiefs, I don't care if it's Justin Tucker or some guy wearing a Justin Tucker uniform in the stands. If that's going to motivate them one half of a percent more, that to me makes it not worthwhile mm-hmm. to do in the first place. So I am firmly in the camp that um, the Chiefs, if you give them one extra bit of motivation, you are basically just decreasing your own chances of winning the game. Yeah, the um, the, the 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 title and the label of game manager, I think, oftentimes gets a, a bad rap because. You know what Patrick Mahomes did after they went up 17 nothing in the second half? He managed the hell out of the game because yeah. his defense was dominant. <laughs> he didn't make mistakes. Yeah. He didn't throw uh, bad passes. Andy Reid, uh, after the game, Andy Reid talked about it. The second-to-last – let me pull up the game book real quick. The uh, second-to-last possession for the Chiefs uh, before they uh, ended up um, – uh, let's see. Um, uh, regardless, uh, there was a possession where Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that, that's what it was. So the second to last possession for the Chiefs, it was second down and six and uh, six minutes to go. Chiefs were still up 17-7 at that point. Second down and six and Mahomes took a sack. And Andy Reid talked about it and said that play specifically was Patrick Mahomes. There was nothing there. And he just simply tucked it. Took the sack, went down third and eight. Uh, they end up picking like picking up like five yards, and they punt it away. Five minutes left to go in the game. Ravens get the ball back. They're down ten. If Patrick Mahomes throws the ball at his own twenty yard line and throws it into coverage, and it's an interception, well, now you get a quick change. You get the Ravens with the ball back. You know, uh, six and change left to go, and and down by ten, and already in field goal range at that point. Um, that that's a pretty damn good job of managing the game and saying, yeah, I'm not going to make a mistake and be dumb here. I need to rely on my defense, and they're going to go out and win us the game. Yeah, and I also think this is that you know maybe the guy is labeled, whether it's Patrick Mahomes in the second half or Brock Purdy in certain moments as a game manager, but it's like each of them is now 60 minutes away mm-hmm. from being, being a Super Bowl champion. And like there's only been 57 Super Bowls prior to this, and there's obviously lots of quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls. So there's far fewer than 57 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And like Brock Purdy could win the Super Bowl and retire the day after and be considered forever a Super Bowl champion, right? And Patrick has already done it twice and could do it for a third time and probably cement his legacy even further that like, I just, I have a hard time getting all fired up about these labels, Mm -hmm. apparently much more so than many do because it felt like this morning, much of the talk and the discourse was about still whether Brock Purdy is a game manager or not, to which I say, I don't give a crap. <laughs> Field Yates is our guest. Uh, I've wondered how much I gave a crap about postseason experience conversation, especially, you know, going into this game. The last time the Chiefs lost a playoff game was in the AFC championship game uh, against an inexperienced Cincinnati Bengals team that was going on the road to a very experienced Chiefs team that had gone to back-to-back Super Bowls and was wanting to avenge the loss a year ago in the Super Bowl to the Bucks and was playing just unbelievable football. Uh, and the Chiefs ended up losing that one to an inexperienced team that had won two games and Joe Burrow after being injured the year before and Jamar Chase was a rookie, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I've gone back and forth on that. But I do believe in certain settings that can be the case. I think in this game... The postseason experience for the Chiefs, I think, came through uh, in spades. And, you know, the toughness thing, I talked about this in the first hour field, that I think Baltimore was trying to show that they were the tougher team, but they were trying to show it with a physical mentality of we're the tougher team when the Chiefs were the tougher team between the ears. Uh, And that postseason experience, I think, in that game at least, uh, you know, shined for the Chiefs. Yeah, they looked like the much tougher team. I couldn't agree anymore on that one. They felt like the team that was not afraid of moments. and They felt like the team that maybe when the stakes got higher, they felt even more comfortable in that moment. Um, and I'll say this, and this is not necessarily a direct answer to the question that you just posed, but mm-hmm. I thought just another takeaway from yesterday was that 
you know, we're going to spend more time uh, if the Chiefs win uh, in 13 days from right now, just debating, you know, is Patrick Mahomes already better than Tom Brady? Is he already the number two player in NFL history? What will his legacy be when it's all said and done? I understand the root of those conversations. And, you know, candidly, I think Patrick is, you know, probably already, you know, to me, the second best quarterback of all time with a real chance to get there as the best ever. He just has to play a little bit longer and, you know, win a few more rings. Um, And yet yesterday to me was not just about Patrick, who was brilliant, but yesterday was like a reminder of like, it's a team sport. And think about all the players yesterday that were making critical critical plays in key moments, whether it's, Guys who were drafted, whether it's high, like George Karloftis getting a sack, whether it's players who were taken in later rounds that uh, made impact, whether it was guys like Nick Allegretti, a journeyman, right? Like a pure backup for most of the year who steps in. And it wasn't perfect, but, you know, until the second half, no sacks against the defensive front that led the NFL in sacks, a total of two sacks allowed for just 13 yards. So it wasn't like it was critical pressure. Guys signing big deals like Charles Amenahu has the, the big play in the first half before he gets injured. And then guys signing for, you know, smaller deals like Drew Tranquil, who had obviously some key tackle tackles mm-hmm. for loss yesterday. And it's like, I get it. The quarterback obviously influences the game more than everybody else. It can be true that Patrick is on the short list for greatest individual athletes ever. It can also be true that that Chiefs front office remains in its bag and they continue to do things at an incredibly high level to the point that if I'm a team around the NFL watching that game yesterday, I'm saying to myself, I want as much of the Chiefs front office as I can get running my team going forward. So I thought the depth of the roster really shined through yesterday as well. Yeah, the um, the, the stat that uh, one of the stats that was out there is uh, the uh, the 07 Patriots and the 2023 Ravens, uh, uh, you know, according to DVOA, are two of the best offenses we've ever seen in the NFL. Both yeah. of those teams in their last postseason game, their defenses held the opponents to 17 points. Both of those teams lost because they went against Spagnolo, who was on the other oh, side yeah. as the defensive yep. coordinator. Um, I feel like. Since yesterday's game and throughout the day today, and I feel like the next couple of weeks will be a lot of Spagnolo getting his flowers uh, heading into that 49ers game. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 no doubt about that. Uh, he and he's been terrific in big games, you know. And he yesterday was just a masterclass, right? And you know, I think that um, you know it's it's clear that they had a plan yesterday, right? It is clear that the Chiefs felt extremely confident mm-hmm. that they could hold up man-to-man coverage against that Ravens receiver group. And other than, like, you know, the Zay Flowers big play that uh, eventually led to the Zay Flowers big play for the wrong reason, they pretty much did a great job down the field, right? I mean, those guys really, really held up. And, you know, the reason why uh, that matters is because that allows you to rush with an extra player or two against Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offensive line. And while Lamar can certainly influence the game with his legs, and he did yesterday, I mean, the touchdown pass was – one of those plays that you know, I'm not sure anybody else can make that play besides Lamar, but um, they did a good job neutralizing it. As the, as the case with most great quarterbacks, you can't do everything perfectly, but you can certainly pick your poison. And I thought that Spags did just an, an incredible job picking this poison. And uh, you know, I thought the T-shirts after the game were cool too because uh, <laughs> I think it speaks to just how much sort of credit and respect the team feels Spags deserve. Which again. The quarterback and the head coach will always get all the headlines, right? No one is debating uh, greatest defensive coordinator of all time right now, and that's probably not a conversation that will take place if the Chiefs win next Sunday. But um, it's a great testament to just how much this is not just a one- or two-man operation, but a 53-player and, you know, 20-coach and, you know, 25 people in the front office and many more people involved in the staff operation. Field Yates from ESPN is our guest. I asked this question in the first hour, and I said I'm going to ask Field Yates this question. Uh, do you think one day Brett Veach will win Executive of the Year? <laughs> you know, the funny part is uh, they, they have to, like, be bad before he gets that, I mean, right? right? Because yeah. it's, based, it's, it's playing off of a baseline, right? Uh, when was the last time Andy won Coach of the Year? Do you know? That's a great question. I, I don't know offhand. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up while, while you're uh, talking. Uh, because I think, you know, this used to be an old joke that I saw on Twitter where it was like, um, you know, like Coach K never won or like hardly ever won ACC Coach of the Year. I think Bill Belichick was Coach of the Year once, maybe twice, something like that. You're just like, okay, well, 
you know, over the past 25 years, pretty clear that the two best head coaches in football by far, like by a lot, a lot, are Andy and Bill, right? And that they might have three combined uh, Coach of the Year awards during this time in which they're, like, playing a different game from everybody so the, else. The, the AP Coach of the Year last time, AP Coach of the Year for Andy <laughs> Reid was 2002. Wow. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? So how many coaches, again, like – 2002. No, my the, what you're talking about in the ACC. I've I've uh, tweeted this out a couple of times. It's one of my favorite stats. Is that so since you that I've seen it? On yeah, it. since Coach K won Coach of the Year in 2000. From that point till he retired, Seth Greenberg won more Conference Coach of the Year awards than him in the ACC. I mean, so all right. So credit to you. Sorry for stealing your own information. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. My brain is only yeah. You're so, good. I love uh, that. The, yeah. <laughs> Seth yeah, Greenberg so, has like, more Coach know, of the Years than Coach K. So it's unbelievable, right? So, so from threat, if the Chiefs go like seven and ten next year, and then they bounce back yeah, that's what the following yeah. year, then maybe it's going to happen. But now it's like, you know, think about the stuff that they're doing, right? In the off season, a lot of it is about finding ways to keep players, mm-hmm. and um, like because you're picking in the thirties, usually it's your first pick every year. I mean, I guess if if they pick thirty first or thirty second, and they draft the best rookie in the class, it's going to like it's going to matter, but it's been like it's been like a lot of guys doing it, sort of in smaller roles. It'll become bigger roles, you know. Trent McDuffie is you know first team All Pro this year, right? But you know his rookie year impacted by injuries, and you know like it's it's guys who kind of hit their stride later, like you know Legarius Sneed, and you know obviously Tavarius Ward was a good example of a guy who got better towards the end of his rookie contract, and you know Legarius is going to be very very rich man in a few months here. Um, but it wasn't – so, yeah, it's going to have to be – like the Chiefs are going to have to get bad or they're going to have to – yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Not like it would be undeserved. It's going to be tough. Yeah, Brett Veach, um, 50 of the 53 players um, are, are Brett Veach signs, uh, draft picks, or trades uh, that were on the roster so that I mean, uh, is going back to the uh, Super Bowl. Who wouldn't be? Was Butker prior to him? Like who would be um, – Well, I guess Butker would be um, – I, I guess uh, let me not go specialist. Um, so then – 47 of the 50, because Winchester, Butker, okay. and, and Tommy, I think. But, um, no, Tommy was a was a Brett Beach guy as well. So it's uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones. Big players, okay. right? Right, uh, Significant yeah, pretty, players. Pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah. everybody else, the surrounding cast, is is Brett Beach for the last couple of Super Bowls they've gone to. So, yeah. um, and, oh, and he's a big part of the whole uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes thing as well. So. Um, sure. But yep. John Dorsey was the uh, GM at the time. Uh, all right, um, do you have a, an early sort of breakdown um, of uh, what you think of the uh, the 49ers in this game and uh, them coming back and getting past the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I mean, just a remarkable effort in the second half. And, you know, it, we could talk about the Ben Campbell decisions until mm-hmm. the cows come home. Um, but I thought that the 49ers deserve a lot of credit, too, for when opportunity presented itself, they just yeah. totally crushed it. So, they're an explosive team on both sides of the ball. You know, defensively, I think they have shown some cracks recently, um, which I think the Chiefs' offense will be ready to take advantage of. But on offense, you know, they are I mean, they're the best test the Chiefs' defense will face all year because they do have an all-pro-level talent at wide receiver, running back, you know, the best running back in the NFL, obviously, and Christian McCaffrey and tight end. So this would be a great challenge for the Chiefs. Uh, they, they are a uh, very, very potent roster. In some ways, this feels like the two best teams now playing in the Super Bowl. Um, but, but, Jason, <laughs> while I don't do it often, as in get things right, it was sent to me that of all the ESPN experts, just two of us picked the Chiefs to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl before the preseason. Wow. And I'm on that island nice. now with the great Lindsay Theory. So no time to abandon the island now. We are not going Tom Hanks and cast away. We are sticking with the Chiefs, beating the 49ers. I'll go something like 27-24 is the final score. 27. Let's that for next week. We will, we will also do that next week. We'll get more of an in-depth breakdown as we'll have a full week's worth. We we'll go. see what uh, Christian McCaffrey's neck slash shoulder is. We'll see about Willie Gay's neck, Charles Aminahu's knee. He said on the field after the game, I'm playing. Do I look like somebody's okay. not going to play in the Super Bowl? I will be playing. Nope. Um, yep. So, yeah, a couple of weeks of guys resting up, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Field, well done. Chiefs over Niners. So uh, you're almost well, there. Okay. Don't check pick. the rest of my preseason predictions. No, Jason. why would I? You get a little shakier after that. Why would I? I picked the 
the Chiefs to beat the Ravens seventeen to ten. You know, as as far as uh, anybody that's just now tuning in for the first time ever that's right. on the show. That's exactly as far as right. Know. Yes, I also yep. I had the same thing. I was totally Nailed like envisioning it. too. Like I had, I called a they flowers fumble into the end. I had all those. Brilliant! Things it was brilliant. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and actually, I need to find where is my. Field Yates from last week because I wanted to give you credit for where credit is due. Um, dang it. Where'd it go? Uh, what'd you... It's just uh, 24-21. So you had the Chiefs winning 24-21 over the uh, Okay, over the I'll Ravens. take it. Yep, so 24-21. Right. And, you, and you said, um, I wrote down, Chiefs find a way is, uh, is was the first find thing you said about the uh, game over the Ravens. Chiefs find a way. Uh, and they found a way. Find a way. Uh, yes, they sure. found yeah. a way. They Love did it, it different in the postseason. They had typically done it. Field, you're the man. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week and get more of a preview looking ahead to the uh, Super Bowl. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Enjoy the breakdowns the next couple of weeks or the next week or so. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. There's Field Yates. Chiefs over Niners Field Yates had before the season started. Uh, and uh, sticking with that one as well. Um, so Chiefs over Niners. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that the whole, um, whether, you know, postseason experience or tougher team or when things are going bad or there's the highs and lows of the game that you sort of keep it even keeled, all of that stuff, I think that came through for the Chiefs in the game yesterday. And, I mean, I don't know if it's flipping the switch or just a slow progression. In fact, let's hear from Brett Beach. We, we talked about this uh, at the end of the last segment. When uh, we had a phone call, I think it was Tommy, uh, that talked about um, being at that Christmas Day game with his son against the Raiders. And that has been pointed to as sort of a turning point for this team. And uh, here's the question to Brett Veach. said, uh, did they believe they could turn it around after that Christmas Day loss? You know, it's funny. We, we talked about this as a staff after that game. And um, it's, it's what you do with adversity and how you handle it. And I actually think that that, you know, a big reason of why we're here tonight is because of that Vegas game. You know, sometimes, you know, the worst things that, that happen to you or, or in your season are, turn out to be the best thing. And, you know, we were finding ways to win games, but, you know, something was off, whether it be offense or defense or special teams. It just wasn't in sync. And, but we were winning, and I think sometimes that just is deodorant, and you just keep going and going and going. That, that loss, I think, really hit us. And, you know, I think it, it allowed the whole organization to take a look in the mirror. Um, so I really point to that game as one of, you know, really being one of the key motivating factors to just get everyone dialed in here. And, you know, as a GM, as a, as a coach, anyone on our staff, I think you, the hope and, 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 and thought when the season starts is if you can just be healthy and, and, and hot at the end of the season, um, that's all you can ask for. And, you know, um, just fortunate that our, our team was relatively healthy and, and, you know, we're playing our best football when it matters most. You know, um, to draw a line from the wire, when Omar was um, in the uh, in the alley with uh, Brother Marceau and they had their their guns drawn, I can't remember which gun it was that Omar had, and um, said to him, he said, "I've got a something, something. Even if I miss, I can't miss." Mm. <laughs> I bring that up because even when the Raiders win, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> The Raiders beating the Chiefs is what the organization points to as to why they're now playing in the Raiders' home stadium in Vegas because of that loss. Even if I miss, I can't miss. Even when you win, you still lose. I mean, that's Rosie Perez. Sometimes when you win, you actually lose. Sometimes when you lose, Chiefs and Raiders, you actually win. Sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. And this season for the Chiefs has been a year that has felt like losing, even as they've been winning, and even when they've missed, they their their piece was just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they, they even if they miss, they cannot miss. Um, and and uh, one more, we'll take a break. We'll hear from Andy Reid, but we've talked DVOA a little bit of um, this team and how well they played the last couple of games. This will be if the Chiefs beat the Lions, it will be the toughest run through the playoffs in the history of the NFL, according to DVOA. The Chiefs were the number five team in DVOA this year. So you have to take them out. So of the top top five teams in the NFL, not including the Chiefs, number one, Baltimore, number two, San Francisco, 
number three, Buffalo, number four, Dallas, number five, Miami. They would have gone through four of the top five teams if you take the Chiefs out of the top five. So four of the top five and all three of the top AFC and the very top NFC team, which is the only one they could face in the in the postseason, in DVOA this year to win it. I and did see just two a second of those ago, on the road. Just a second ago, I did see a Bengals fan say that Joe Burrow's injury gave them an easy path, actually, and that the Dolphins and Bills were both you know ravaged by injury, and that sure. the Ravens haven't been good in the playoffs. And again, yeah. I mean, not having Joe Burrow, just ask any Bengals fan. This is actually about the Bengals. <laughs> Let's break. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. Mick Schaefer will hang out with us in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. So I haven't seen him best. in a minute. It's been a while. It's been a while. All right, Andy Reid Zooming today. They Zoom back from Baltimore, and they'll Zoom over to Vegas. Uh, Andy Reid and his um, Monday Zoom uh, gave us a recap of the AFC Championship game win. Don't have anything to give you on the injury front yet. Um, we're kind of we're getting things uh, going here right now. So, uh, great great game last night uh, or yesterday afternoon. Uh, the the players came out and um, executed well, both sides of the ball and special teams. I thought the coordinators had good game plans for the guys. Uh, there were some great individual performances. Um, that, that took place and, you know, I've, uh, whether you start, you always start with the O and D line, whether it was the O line coming out and setting a tempo there uh, with aggressive play, um, you know, th- those uh, Trey and th- that whole group Creed, uh, both tackles I thought did a nice job. And, and then, um, you know, the, the running back, Pacheco played hard and aggressive, and Pat did a nice job uh, likewise. So uh, all around, just a a good, solid job there. Defensive line really started the, um, you know, started the fight up front there and uh, had pressure on the quarterback, kept him in in the pocket, which was big. Um, And then uh, that helped out with with the back end. Uh, whether it were the linebackers who I thought tackled well, and then uh, the secondary, which stayed aggressive and, and challenged receivers. Uh, again, I thought George and, and, and Chris did a nice job uh, up front there. And um, and then the guys that had to fill in, I thought they uh, they did they did well when asked to step in and do their job. So uh, and then special teams wise, we we did a good job there. The depth of this team has been something we've talked about this year, and they needed it. And guys stepped up and played really well. And credit to Nick Allegretti. And we'll play that clip of Allegretti on the field after the game was over because that's some of the cool audio of uh, of that game and shows you how much it means to a guy who I believe the last playoff game he started was the Bucks Super Bowl. Probably so. So when we talk about how terrible that offensive line was, yep. he was on that offensive line. Of The offensive line was the reason the Chiefs lost that game. He was one of the five. Now, was he the issue? <laughs> it's a lot of guys that were the issue, but he was one of the five uh, that was on that offensive line, and then he gets to start this game, and and I think that's one of the reasons why those emotions come out of him uh, as well. Uh, Adam Teicher asked Andy whether the uh, Christmas Day game was a turning point in the Chiefs' season. Yeah, you know, I think, listen, I think, Adam, that was a good wake-up call for us. Um, you know, they came out with great emotion. Antonio had him ready to go, and... Um, and but the, that emotion was the thing that jumped out at you that they played with, and um, I, I think it, it it gave our guys a you know a nice little uh, you know for a better term a wake up call um, that that listen we need to we need to step things up here things aren't just gonna you know fall in our lap and so um, we're we're taking everybody's best shot and here's a team that went through some adversity and and they stepped up and uh, were able to present themselves like they did. So 
um, you know, that, that, uh, uh, we were able to learn from it and and move on. I I felt all along though we you know we had the ability to do that. Um, we we just like I said we we needed uh, um, just a little kick in the tail there. So yeah, okay. And I'm sure you've seen what Kadarius Tony posted about his situation on social media. What's his status with the team? Will he be practicing with you this week um, when you when you guys get going? Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen it. I mean, I've heard heard uh, people talk about it, but um, uh, yeah, he'll be back back out there, and we'll we'll, we'll see see how he does. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh Coach, this is a, a follow up to Adam's question. Uh, so his status with the team is is unchanged. It, it remains just an injury situation. That the it's got. It, I found it difficult to follow what he was saying, but it did seem to be that he was saying he was not hurt. Um, can you expand upon what, what his situation is a little more, Coach? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously he's been on the injury report. So, I mean, I, I got that, that part as uh, that's not made up by any means, but he's been working through some things and um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be back out there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, by the way, I am completely in agreement with Seren there. It was, I, I'm with him. It was tough to follow. <laughs> it wasn't a super clear plot. No, he's totally right. It was tough to follow he's where totally he was heading. Right. He just said it in such a funny and matter of fact way. Yeah, which is great. It's, it's perfect. Well, I mean, I found it tough to follow. I also which found it tough to follow. I did as well. No. Um, and I'm actually glad he asked it that way because it sort of presents it to Andy. Like, well, he said he wasn't injured. It's difficult to follow what he was saying. Yeah. But the gist of his. TED Talk now, was coach, that, to the best of my knowledge and understanding, I think what he said was, "Can can uh, can you figure out what he was talking about?" Um, hey, coach, listen, I don't know, and you don't know. Can you just dude. tell me what's going on with the Canarias Tony man? I, if that thing was a mess, I haven't seen it, but I've heard people talk about it. He'll be out there. We'll see. Little chuckle. I think Andy Reid hasn't hasn't actually seen it because someone was like, "Hey, coach, you're not gonna." It's you confusing. It. Oh, let me summarize it. It's tough to follow. Um, it's uh, which is absolutely true. Um, his status, he's been on the injury report, um, and that's not made up. He's been working through some things. The injury report can't put his ass uh, next to it. Or just uh, Kadarius Tony DNP, sucks ass. Questionable for a return to the team. Out. As member of the Chiefs, like uh, uh, just an absurd. You just had your child the night before. I'm gonna unless you want to do the whole. Yeah. We don't have to do it right now. I, mean, gonna, I, we, I just man, we got two weeks to do it. I'll just go ahead. Well, I don't know. I'll, He'll my, be back at practice on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be able told. to talk about it then. I guess. Well, we can do it. It's just such a bad look, man. I don't know how it, it. I know it took me six months longer than it took everyone else in the sound of my voice. But for me, not everyone. It took yesterday, you probably a couple months longer than me. It, it took me a long time. Yesterday, my watch has ended. I'm Shark Tank. I'm out. And for that reason, Canarius, I'm out. That dude had. <laughs> for that reason, I'm out. That's that. That's the reason. I, that guy <laughs> just had a horrendous football season. In some cases, like, hey, man, you didn't catch a pass and you're the joke. You're like the, the butt of the joke in week one. That mm-hmm. sucks. I, I felt for him then. All the way through this season, you know who had his back? The two most famous American football players in the GD world and the head coach who kept talking about what a smart kid he is. How many times did Andy Reid say Kadarius Tony was smart? Hey, man, that wasn't very smart. Yeah. You, had, you had Travis Kelsey walking you off the field with him un- with you under his arm. Swifties know that Travis Kelsey was out there supporting you and taking bullets for you on his podcast. And you're going to go live the morning of the AFC Championship game to tell people to find out what's really going on because you're not hurt? Please. It's two organizations that he claims have made up injuries because they didn't want to play him. Yeah. Now, there would be a look in the mirror moment. Uh Uh-huh. And... The end of his time in Kansas City. Yep. I I don't see how he's on this team going to Vegas. How, how can you be that guy when you're when this team talks about camaraderie, how connected they are, and all of that? 
and be a guy publicly saying that about the organization. When everyone in it has done so much to try to prop you up, when fans were out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was frustrated at the Super Bowl last year because he felt like he could have gone earlier. But he didn't say they made up an injury. Right. He just felt like, well, this was the plan was for me to be healthy and ready to go. I could have gone, you know, the last couple of weeks. Okay. And then he was a healthy scratch. Yep. Uh, He was inactive. Because at that point, the Chiefs just simply – he wasn't a – um, he's injured, so therefore it was, no, he's good to go, but he's just inactive in the game. Um, he wanted to go earlier because he was on the IR, right? And then they I activated believe, him. I believe that's right. They yeah, activated him from right. the IR, so therefore to be inactive, it was a healthy inactive. Yes, that, that, that um, is definitely true. Because yeah. he said he, like, he found out he wasn't playing when he saw no shoulder pads there, you know, right. shooting up like guys. Right. Um, and he was frustrated um, the, the week of because he thought he could play the week before yep. and the week before, whatever. But they didn't make that injury up mm-hmm. for that to happen. And he didn't go public on Super Bowl morning and, well, they're, they're, they're making things. I'm not like you got to you have to lack just the ability to critically think if that's your idea of I'm going to show them. Because the Chiefs are doing you a favor. That's the thing. I mean, in the foot in the movie, the program. When Joe Kane had to enter uh, a rehab facility for his alcoholism in the movie, the program, the head coach said, you know, we're going to we're going to say it's an injury. When uh, Latimer, the linebacker, they got suspended for steroids. He said, we're going to call it a hamstring injury. We're doing these things to protect you. Kadarius, Tony, they were trying to protect you. They were trying to let people know, no, you're injured. It's not that we just don't want you out there. You're you've battled, you've been battling a hip and ankle injury, and it's been it's been uh, you know uh, creeping up, and it's been getting you. That's why you went from full practice to limited the next day. It's because you just can't uh, kick this thing. Somebody was doing that work for him on Saturday night. On Saturday, he gets ruled out for for hip slash personal, and a few hours later, James Palmer tweets. Kadarius Tony had his first child tonight, a baby girl. That's where the personal part of his designation came from. He's also dealing with a hip injury that is keeping him out tomorrow. The subtext of what James Palmer is tweeting here is that someone has reached out to him, or he reached out to someone, but information has been exchanged with James, noting, hey, personal, isn't him throwing a fit? He just became a father. But also, the thing that is keeping him out tomorrow is the hip injury. Because whoever whoever set that up did not want anyone to wonder why Kadarius Tony wasn't playing. Was it personal hurt feelings? Was it personal baby? Was it personal team doesn't want him around anymore? Mm-hmm. Personal toxic? No, this tweet, which either just I'm this part is speculative, but I'm very confident. Either someone in the Chiefs organization or someone in the Kadarius Tony camp got in touch with James Palmer and said, hey, let's put this out here. We, people are speculating about what personal yeah, means. Personal reasons came out, and there was a lot of uh, talk at that point of, uh, the personal reasons uh, certainly is different here. And then when it's baby girl, just born, you go, all right, comes okay. back around. Well, sense. then Sunday morning, it's back to personal bleep hole. Like, that's the personal <laughs> designation. Personal can't hang. Like, I just, it's so frustrating when when there people have been trying to protect, protect Kadarius Tony through this process, and that's that's his end result. The morning of the AFC Championship game. On New Heights, after the Buffalo game, when he his penalty took away one of the greatest highlights of Travis Kelsey's career, Travis Kelsey went on there and said, I love KT. If we get the opportunity again, I'm going to throw that bleep right into his chest again. Everybody hating on KT right now, I'm not trying to hear that. You can bleeping miss me with it. I'm trusting 1-9 every time he's out there on the yeah. field. We'll see if the Chiefs trust one night ever again. Because you can't. They can't. How you could can't. they? You can't. How could they? You can't. What a waste. Well, at least, you know, we don't do anything like give up a draft pick to draft a guy that's a head case <laughs> like George Pickens. We just want to give up two to bring this guy in. So. Well, maybe that's sort of the point is they went down that route and they're like, well, we ain't going down the route again uh, with uh, with that. That one I will save for a later date, Dylan. <laughs> that one I will save. Uh, Andy Reid says that uh, he is not concerned about Patrick Mahomes' legacy in the league, but he does understand why other people are we see it every day you're right uh we don't take that for granted um we we respect the job that he does and we appreciate it 
and we know we're seeing something special. Um, and he's still young in this business. So uh, that's a great thing for the Chiefs. It's a great thing for the city. Um, and, and you know, it's somebody that you can build around. And, and Brett Veach does a great job with that, of making sure that other positions are are relative to that. So um, it's a... You know, it's a it's a positive thing that we're very aware of. I guess is the best way I could say it. Hey, coach, I know you've done this a few times now with this Super Bowl bye week, but I was wondering if you could uh, preview the week and and just kind of talk to how you might balance making sure that these guys do take sure. advantage of the rest while while game planning. Yeah. By the way, I want to just put a shout out for Allegretti too for stepping in and doing the job he did in Bush. Those were those were two guys I thought did a nice job stepping in. Um, yeah. So Pete, the way the way I'll look here, the guys come in today and they have uh we have a team meeting a little bit later today. And then, um, and then they have a couple days off and then they'll come back and uh, on uh Wednesday or Thursday and we'll kind of start our normal week. We'll try to get everything done here uh, the best we can. And then uh, once we get down there, it's a good review for us and, uh, and still keep, keep ourselves in shape and football shape. So we're ready to go. It's uh, it's amazing that when he's, and I'm finishing up my notes here, um, when he's talking about uh, this week and saying that, you know, they'll take a couple of days off, they'll come back on Thursday, do the regular thing, game plan, and the next week they'll go there and um, what did he say, a refresh? Yeah, kind of refresh, try to, and then try to stay in shape. A, uh, so a refresher, when he first said that, and this is where, where my mind's at and what we're talking about in the dynasty of the Chiefs. When he first said that, I thought, refresh ourselves with, you know, being at the Super Bowl. <laughs> refresh ourselves of how we go through, how we go about the media stuff and being, but refresh ourselves on the game plan. <laughs> as, as he was talking there. That, but my first thought was, and we'll get there and refresh ourselves uh, on <laughs> being on what it's like to be at the Super Bowl yet again. Yeah. Hey guys, just a refresher. Uh, this is what the media is going to be like. This is what this week's going to be like. Everybody that's been here, um, Aminahu. Drew, uh, uh, Connor, yep. Shamari, yeah. Rasheed, yeah. Rasheed, you guys, yeah. uh, this is what it's going to be like for you guys out there. But everybody else, you good? <laughs> I, I saw a tweet go by a second ago. I missed who it was. I apologize. Juwan Taylor. But it was, was like, it was, like. Was, it was like, it's pretty cool that the Chiefs can just do their, quote, normal week of game planning for the Super Bowl. Are you going to do your normal thing for the Super Bowl, your normal week of prep for the Super Bowl? Are you going to tweak it at all? You know, and not the, uh, the COVID year one, yeah. but the normal ones, plural, that you've been to. Uh, Andy Reid continued. Matt Derrick asked Andy Reid about uh, just how good the Chiefs' defense is and how big it was to hire Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah, well, I guess I can start with that. I mean, that was a, that was a, that was important. Um, we have a history together, so um, I, I knew what to expect and where he would go with things. Um, he had a young bunch and um, an older group that was tremendous for us, but they they had kind of aged out and uh, we then we had this influx of new player new young guys and uh, what he did with them I thought was great uh, of teaching all of his guys did that they did a great job of teaching and uh, the kids were receptive to it and then you're seeing seeing the rewards of that now um, is it one of the better defenses yeah I'd say it's one of the better defenses uh, that I've that I've been around I, we had some real good ones and um, in Philadelphia, uh, and some of the early defenses here, I don't want to slate those guys. They they did a nice job for us. So, um, but but surely this is a this is a team this is a, a defense that has helped uh, guide this team along as the offense uh, was growing. So, um, and now that both are are playing well, it's it's a uh, you know, that's a, a tribute to everybody involved, what Steve has done and then what Nag has done on the offensive side of helping it grow. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go, Todd. Hey, Coach, one of the things the defense has done all year is, is perform very well, but they hadn't really been getting the turnovers. And it closed a couple times on different deals. Obviously, that's been really big for you here, especially against Baltimore, getting those turnovers. How do you go about creating that again? I, the turnovers are a fickle thing, I guess, but can you – can you coach that stuff? Well, you know, it's, uh, you got to have a dance partner. So the, they've got to make sure that, you know, 
that they that we're doing the right things uh, defensively and putting ourselves in the right positions to have an opportunity to make a turnover, and then the other side's got to give you that opportunity. So um, I, I would say, though, Todd, that it was great to see. Um, we, we've had a chance for another one too. Uh, Bolt's got that cast on <laughs> that. That's some of that's the fact that he's even playing is, is a great thing and making the tackles he's made. I don't know how he does it, but um, uh, you know, he, he had a chance for, for another one. So, um, but the, the guys are doing a great job. They're doing a great job with their eyes right now. And that'll be real important uh, in a couple of weeks here when we play for the Niners. You got to have a dance partner. If uh, you're going to get some turnovers, you got to have a dance partner. You do what you can, prep and doing all those things to put yourself in position uh, to create the opportunities. The other team also has to play a part in that. Uh, but that's, you know, uh, luck. Do you create your own luck? Preparation meeting opportunity? Well, preparation and what they did to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Preparation and Charles Aminahu beating Ronnie Stanley. Preparation in a number of different things, and then, you know, knocking the ball out, and George Karloft is there falling on it. I don't know if last week, if Shamari Connor falls on the football and doesn't try to scoop and score, does Karloft just try to scoop that up and try to score? Yeah. Or do you just say, I'm falling on it? This is what yeah. we do. I'm a big guy. I'm falling on it. I don't know. Uh, but yes, yeah, you can create your own luck as well. Um, Andy Reid continued. Nick Jacobs asked uh, Andy Reid if there's anything he remembers about this team from back in training camp that sticks with him through this run. I'll tell you, yes, Nick. I mean, they're, um, it's, uh, a group that has a, there's a great spirit about them and there's a certain toughness that they, they have to where they don't get down on each other. They challenge each other. They, they support each other. Um, and it's been that way through the highs and lows. I mean, nothing's changed. Um, that, you know, Adam mentioned that Raider game. Well, it's, they, they just said, Hey, we got, we got to up our game. It wasn't us as coaches jumping up and down on them. They took it within themselves to say, we know what we we are and can be. We, we've got to do it. And, I mean, that, that jumps out at me, just that, that attitude. I mentioned it after the Buffalo game. I mentioned it last, yesterday afternoon that um, there, there's a grit to that. And uh, maybe you're not the most talented. Maybe you're not the fastest or the quickest or whatever, but – Let's go maximize what we are and let the chips fall where they may. We'll go last, Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, yesterday, uh, uh, Patrick in his post game had implied that Travis sort of improbbed on that third down route that ended up with the fluttering pass that he, that he dove to catch. Um, just wanted to ask you what the intention of that play was originally. Yeah, he was working more across, and he kind of came back on that a bit. Just. That Pat was moving, so he had to get himself in position to uh, to get that. I mean, the fact that he laid out like that. I mean, I've seen him do a lot of things. I really haven't seen that right there where he had to yeah. be in that position, uh, parallel to the ground and two inches off of the ground to, to make the catch. That's tough without the ball hitting the turf there. So um, it was a great job by him and something I guess he's kept in the pocket for a while and, and showed us. It was a phenomenal catch. Um, he made three great catches. The touchdown, that one, and the fourth down and two. Um, that was a contested catch that could have changed the complexion of the game if they don't uh, pick up that fourth down because they go on to, to score a touchdown and um, take a 7 nothing lead uh, after they uh, converted that fourth down. I feel good hearing Andrew read something that I was kind of thinking yesterday is that really of all of those plays, we can argue forever in the most fun arguments of all time. Like the, what was most important or what was most impressive in those three connections but I just I don't think I've ever seen Travis Kelsey dive like that so low to the ground yeah. and and just scoop that thing off the turf outstretched the way that he did. But also I've never seen a play like that or a a route like that. Another Orlovsky thing as he was tweeting out on that play of like where Mahomes throws the ball and where Kelsey is as the ball's coming out of his hand. None of it should have worked. None of it should have worked. None of it made any sense. Physics were broken. And it's just Mahomes and Kelsey doing something you've never seen before. Go ahead and add it to the list. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and continue rolling. More Zone next. All right, wrapping up this hour, we'll talk with, uh, hang out with Mick Schaefer coming up in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. I wanted to play this 
Um, you know, uh, Andy Reid uh, gave uh, some kudos, some kudos to um, Nick Allegretti. Uh, gave him his flowers there. And uh, after the game is over, this was really cool because you can tell the emotions coming through with Nick Allegretti, who, um, again, I believe his last postseason start was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl in which he was a part of the offensive line sucks and the offensive line is the only reason why the Chiefs lost that game and the offensive line uh, and yeah they they were pretty bad and he was uh, unfortunately a part of that he gets an opportunity to be out there for Joe Tooney he's been really good filling in for those guys here he is he's on the field with Harold, Harold uh, Koontz after the game is over um, and here's uh, just a, an awesome emotional Nick Allegretti I'm appreciative to be part of this organization I just want to see my family uh, they're, they're, I just, it was an emotional week, and got us, let's go win one. Ah, oh, man, the fans were incredible support. I tried to stay off Twitter, but every time I opened it, it was a ton of support towards me, and uh, man, I'm not used to seeing anything on Twitter about myself, so that was incredible, and got shots to go win another one. Let's go win one. All right, buddy, good job. Nick, the focus of this team, especially you, to have to fill in with Joe out. What's it mean for you guys to accomplish the task and everything you had to go through the adversity? Uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, you, you, you can't understate what Joe Tooney's meant to this team, and he'll never get enough credit for what he's done with both organizations he's been a part of. Um, and, you know, the guys, I had, I had a challenge. The guys knew that, and they were there for me all week, helping me with communication, making sure that I was, you know, ingrained in this offensive line, this starting five this week. And, God, I'm so, I'm so proud of this team, so proud of that offensive line, and honored to be a part of it. Awesome stuff from uh, Nick Allegretti, and I never get on Twitter, but uh, somehow whenever I get on Twitter, it's positive things about me, uh, which is pretty cool. But That's he, the most improbable yeah. part of any of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, it's some, something positive all the time about somebody on Twitter? That's crazy. Yeah, his last start was that Tampa Bay game. Um, the only re- – uh, I shouldn't say the only rep. He's had some uh, reps on He's been the sixth lineman a few times yeah. and has you know gotten a handful yeah. of snaps in, in several games, but it's been that. Yeah, before going in for Joe Tooney, he had played on offense two, three, four, five different times. And I think three of those five, he was tackle eligible. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But then filling in for Joe Tooney and then starting this week. So good for him, man. It's incredible. All that time staying ready and staying ready and staying ready and staying ready. Allegretti. Stay, stay ready so you don't have to Allegretti. Uh, stay ready, Allegretti. He's already got two rings. He may get a third. I'm going to give him an honorary one right now. Brought to you by Ruback Fine Jewelry. He gets the ring for that performance yesterday. Once you've been to Ruback one time, you're a customer for life. Check out their new location in downtown Overland Park. Call or text Hal today about scheduling your appointment at 913-649-8811 or visit their website at ruback.co. They'll take good care of you just like Nick Allegretti took good care of Patrick Mahomes in that run game. He's got a couple of rings. See if he can win another one. Nick Allegretti with three. Three ring Allegretti, that's what they call him. (laughs)